trying to say, God has told me this is not my door. Good offers, wonderful opportunities, benefits, living in fast world countries to be a pastor of big churches. Oh, yeah. And then God says, this is not me. Yeah. Give me a break because my human air tells me everything that looks very good must be God. I want you to know, Isaac, to Isaac, Egypt looked very appealing. It looked very good. Egypt was the best. Egypt was the place to be. Egypt was the place to go. Egypt was the place. Egypt was the place. Oh my God, I don't know how to put this clear. Egypt was the appealing point. It was the, where the green grass was. It was where things were going to be. It's even where their dad took them. But it was not the door that God opened for him. Think about it. What is that thing that you're about to do? What is that thing you're about to do? What is that decision you're about to make? What is that move you're about to make? Some of you even are out to make a major, major move. How much of that move is initiated by God? Some of you are about to jump. <laughs> because you say, Jonah jumped. <laughs> and there was fish. There was a fish waiting for him. There was a limousine waiting for him under the water. Who told you that the limo will be there? The fact that you read it about Jonah. Are you Jonah? Did you ask God whether a, he has a limo down there for you? Some of you are about to make a major, major decision that will affect you and your generations. Others have already made it. Some of you have already tabled or given a letter already to resign from your job. Some of you have already issued a notice. Others are about to move from a house to go to another one that looks better. Others are about to leave what they have to go to something else. I don't know what you're about to do, but some of you are about to make a very serious mistake. And the Lord sent me through the voice. This is the voice of God through me to you. To tell you. It is not everything that looks so good like Egypt. To Isaac. Where God will promise you to do. To tell you that I am going to be with you. And I'm going to bless you. If you know God is with you. Jump. If you know God is going to, be, to bless you, or you have the blessing of the Lord to do this, go ahead. But if you doubt the presence or the blessing of God over this thing that you want to do now, recall the letter. Think again. Pray deeper. Give yourself something that will never let you down. T-I-M-E. Time. Give it time. Let it chill. Let it boil again some more. Let it boil again some more. Don't jump. Because you may jump to your death. Or you may jump to your destruction. Or you may jump to regret for the rest of your life. Some of you are even family people. 
You are not just jumping along. You are not a single man. You are not a single girl. You are not a young girl. You are not a teenage girl. You are not a college girl who is single who is not married. You are not just a, 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 a young graduate from college who is not even, who is just trying to figure out things. You have a wife or a husband and you have children. <laughs> and you're about to jump. You're about to jump. You have already made up that decision without consulting your father in heaven, without asking God whether he's going to be with you in this, how will you survive your famine then? How? You know, I'm sick and tired as a minister, counseling people around the globe who have gone ahead and made decisions without consulting God, and now when things go wrong, they want even me and many other ministers to stand with them in prayer so that we can implore God or petition God to join them where they are. Do you want to be the next casualty? Or do you want to be that Isaac who is told, don't go, and he obeys? I want you to understand that that decision you're about to make, if it's going to put your wife and your children in trouble, if it's going to send your children out of school, or you're going to transfer your children from the school where they are to a lower level school because they, you cannot afford to keep them, and you're just quitting for the sake of feeling good because you're not doing well. Your relationship with your boss or with your workmate or somebody else is not good. Think twice. You may even be closing down a certain business that God gave you. And simply because you're going through a famine or turbulence, it's loss-making, it's not profit-making. And you think like God doesn't want you to be here. It is no time to gamble with your life. You cannot afford to gamble with your life. I am here as a voice crying in the wilderness for you to save you from disaster, to save you from regret, to save you from committing intellectual suicide or committing, you know, you know, a mistake that is going to cost you so much. God tells you, I am going to be with you in this land. I'm going to be with you here. There is famine, yes, but when I'm there with you, the famine cannot reach you. You won't feel the impact of the famine because I'll cushion you. And he says, and I will bless you. Number three, he tells him that I will give to you and your descendants this land that I'm telling you to stay in. Ha <laughs> ha. That's inheritance. I have seen people walk away from a place appointed by God where their inheritance is or where their opportunities or blessings are and they have gone to where they thought their eyes told them or their friends or their, their counselors told them it's good. They have gone there and they have not found God. I've seen people feel so mad and feel sorry and, feel, and hate themselves because of making the wrong decision because they thought there is continuity. There will be prosperity. There will be success. There will be the future in this and not where they are. And they walk away without consulting God and he says, you and your descendants. In other words, I'm not, just going to, I'm not just asking you to stay here for your sake. Your sons and your daughters are going to experience my presence and my blessing here. It will go beyond you. It will go to your children. It will go to your children's children. It will go to your children's children, to whatever generation, because you have chosen to abide where I want you to be. Let me ask you a stupid question today, or a silly one for that matter. Uh, how long will you live on transit mode? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, how long will you live on transit mode? You, you know, you, 
Every week you are on transit. Every month you are on transit. Every year you are transiting. <laughs> Every decade you are transiting. Oh, come on. <laughs> grow up. Uh, just grow up. I'm not insulting you, but just stop acting silly and grow up. You cannot always be you, you, you cannot always be on the Passover mode. You know, where you are guarded, your suitcases are ready, and you are eating supper when you are about to leave. Come on. It's not every year where you have to be on transit. How long are you going to be on transit? Ask your God where your blessing and the blessings of your descendants is. And camp there. Camp there. Build your tent there. Make yourself at home. Stay there. And watch God, because we serve a God of generations. We serve a generational God. This is something I will preach probably on television another time. But I want you to understand, we serve a generational God. God never intended you to have money and your children become paupers. God never intended you to have education and your children are the ones who hate school. God never intended you to have faith in him and your children are the ones who are either Muslim or Hindu or Al-Qaeda. God never intended that to be the way to be. We serve a generational God who takes you from where you are today to where you ought to be and incorporates your children into this. We serve a generational God. And God comes and tells him this blessing of being with you and staying with you here in my plan, in my will, you will not only survive the famine, but your generations, your descendants, will be, will be guaranteed of my presence. They'll be guaranteed of my blessing. And you will be able to stay with them in this same land. And it will be theirs. The next one he tells them, I will multiply you in this land. How, how, how do you get multiplied during famine? I mean, when you're going, when things are not working for everybody else, how can they be working for you? When your neighbor's crops have dried, how can yours be green? When the climate, when the, when the principle that runs business, business, the business world of supply and demand, when there's no demand, how do you increase your stock? How can you multiply? How can you enter into a franchise and open more businesses in other cities or in other whatever so or whatever how can you get into a franchise you know while what you have now is not working how i'll tell you what you do you do that when you know god's god is going to be with you in that and he's going to bless you there and he's going to give you an inheritance out of that job out of that marriage out of that place out of that church out of that ministry, out of that engagement. And you also stay when you realize God will multiply you. I'll be coming to talk to you about the God of multiplication within the message surviving your feminine. The Lord bless you and do you good. I'll see you in the next program on part two of this message.